can't see you. I see you. You do? I can't see I you see. either. No, you're, the, you're the odd one out. I guess really. it's worth the heck. I don't want to call Elon. This is Elon's fault. No blame it on, on Elon. Elon. Star, Starlink is... It's tree link at the moment, I guess. <laughs> a, sh- a short tree. Well, we've got Troy Fleahardy from, how do you pronounce the, the name of the town you live in, Troy? Heiko. Heiko. Okay. H I C O. Heiko. Yes, sir. H I C O. Where everybody is somebody. Well, that's that's a good way to be. How big is the town? Oh, probably 2,000, 2,500 maybe. Oh, wow. So That's even smaller. Everybody's somebody. That's what it says right there on the sign. Cool. Yeah. I got yeah. lost trying to find this house, too. <laughs> it's not a big town, but I was still lost, Schwartzy. He gave me, dropped me a pin, and away off I went, and showed up and there was this sign on this gate and I don't remember what it was, but I, I called Troy cause it just didn't look like Troy to me. It just wasn't reading right. And thank goodness I didn't go in. <laughs> it wasn't Apple maps is, was not a positive for Troy's house, but I did get no. there eventually. We got you here. I made it. There was pink flamingos in the yard and, that, and they, that told you it was <laughs> Right. Right. You, maybe. <laughs> it wasn't. I promise you. Um, leaving Troy's house was much more uncomfortable than it was arriving because it was ten o'clock at night when I left Troy's house last Friday. Yeah. Headed home. Actually, I was ready to home? be home so bad. Three hours. Three. Three hours. Just around the corner. Just around the corner. For Rodeo Texas, and Hunter, yeah. that's what we were doing. Yeah, we kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it was good times, though. The Grandmaster deal was uh, extremely challenging, but extremely rewarding. It was it was time well spent with good people. So it was well worth it all. It I was a fun time. It. Yeah. Well. Career changing is what I described the first one, and I'll put this one in the same category as that. Uh, yeah, whole, for whole sure. new level of commitment, right? That's right. That's right. It was. I told uh, Sam Gooding was here this morning, and I told him it was harder than Chinese algebra, but we suffered through it and <laughs> and learned a lot. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, so it was mostly uh, execution, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and yeah, predominantly execution. But I mean, a, a lot of it. The good I got out of it was uh, he spent a lot of time showing us how to fix mistakes, which I think a lot of people, instructors, maybe I don't know, kind of overlook a little bit because we're all going to mm-hmm. make mistakes. It's it's you know inevitable. We're going to mess up, and uh, it just gives a guy a lot more confidence to try and tackle something if he knows he can fix it if he messes or when he messes it up and. That was good. That was one big takeaway I got. So that that was great. There was also a level added of uh, an added level of pressure, I should say, because now that we know how to fix a mistake, we can no longer settle for the mistake. It was, yeah. I mean, and and I thought I knew what mistakes were until Damien started pointing out the things I needed to fix. And I was like, well, I thought that was pretty close to perfect, but since it's not perfect, <laughs> we got to fix it. Right? Like, golly. Yeah, Damien's perfect and my perfect. There was there's kind of a there was a gap there, and I need to close that gap a little bit. <laughs> so, but it was great. I had a great time and learned a ton. And man, if they had one next year, I'll be there. Or I'll try to be there. I'll apply anyhow. So it was well worth it. You know, and and I will brag on Troy and 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 Bo and, and Sean did Young for joining the the. The activities, uh, the Western culture was very well represented, and that that made me yeah. proud to to see that there. Yeah, for sure, it was it was very well represented. I thought not to I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but 
I thought we uh, held our own pretty well for sure. And it's a little different, isn't it, Troy? The the people that we're <laughs> looking at and talking to, they're, they're great people, but uh, they're different than us. Yeah, and it was that's great too. You know, I think it's good to see different walks of life. You know, we're used to hang around a bunch of old cowboys, you know, or other makers. And, and I will say it was, it was, uh, I mean, I knew this, but I didn't really take it to heart that those guys were really impressed that we actually made stuff, made the stuff that we engrave. You know, I, I kind of took it for granted. Most of those guys, majority of those guys, they'll buy a knife and engrave it or a pendant or, you know, they don't really make what they mm-hmm. engrave. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, so like Great. a gun, they hand you a, a shotgun or something, and you and there's your canvas, and you got to engrave it or sculpt it or whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I, I thought that was interesting. I, I mean, I knew that, but I didn't really. It was a big shock to a lot of those guys, or, or they all commented on it. You know how cool mm-hmm. they thought it was. It really, it really, um, but Damien's a lot the same way as us. Damien Connolly, who's who we're talking about, but Damien, um, he he made he was a, was a race car engineer, frame engineer, yeah. or something. Troy, yeah, he built like suspensions for race cars, and then like one fifth scale Kentucky flintlock rifles that, like, not just a model, like a working model, and uh, yeah, just a borderline genius, you know. So he was, but he too was impressed. He, he was, he said, I really am curious about how y'all go about making your stuff because that's, that's my world. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool deal. But anyhow, we, so um, has he taught we certainly learned a lot. Like and, I, and I think, no, he's not taught classes like this before. I don't think, I think this might no, be I one think, of his. I think it was his first class. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big learning curve for him. Yeah, I mean, the first day or two, it, it was kind of, he was pretty uncomfortable. But after that, he just, he got in the groove and it was great. Like, no problem at all. Once he settled into his work environment, you could kind of tell. At first, it was kind of, he said, this is not my own bench and this is a little different. But once he got settled into it and used to working and follow all this watching him, well, away he went. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was cool. He's a good teacher. Very good teacher. He, um, yeah, he, and he's willing to do some more of it, wants to do some more of it, wants to share. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different things and avenues that he could go about. We got into design a little bit with him towards the end of the day. And, man, Kerry, he really nerded out over some things that mm-hmm. was pretty cool about flow and the way movement goes and, and, the, and the, how he's changing, right, Troy? I mean, he wasn't going yeah. the old – normal way of approach with the way scrolls should roll around and leaves. He, he was taking new yeah, angles I mean, to it. I, I've read all the books and seen all the DVDs and just the, I don't know, 30 minutes or hour we talked about design that he hit us with some really different ideas that obviously work, mm-hmm. you know? So that was, that was very interesting. I wish we'd have taken a day and just talked about design, but, uh, but it was good. Was it, good. So his, one of his flow, one of his flow line ideas, Kerry was was so instead of a nice round curved like a scroll or or leaves and flowing, he wanted it straight and then would start to curl around abruptly towards the end, kind of like a whip is going or a fishing pole has strength in the base and the back, but as it gets narrow and comes down towards a point, it really starts to curl around and whip and. It was an interesting concept. I'd never thought of that, but he thought it created much more force and flow and uh, movement to his designs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and laying things out in diagonals. Like I hadn't really mm-hmm. heard that before, but like a lot of his designs are laid out diagonally and creates, I don't know if it creates interest or pleasing to the eye or what, but it, it uh, you know, you look, you look at his design, especially that owl on that shotgun, the way the right. Uh, the grass and the scrolls were all laid out into a, a di- diagonal. Was that was pretty interesting too? I hadn't heard that before. No, me neither. But pretty interesting stuff. 
I, I'd like to take a design class with him sometime or uh, just a day of talking design. Be kind of cool. I, I think that's a possibility in the future too. I brought up TCA and some stuff we're doing, Gary, and, and he said he would be open to any of it. Discussion yeah. anyhow, see if it works. So that'd be cool. For sure. Well, it's great to get get some ideas flowing from somebody like that who's outside of the, the cowboy trades because mm-hmm. we we're we're a conservative bunch. You know, it's mm-hmm. we look we kind of little get a little bit of group think going on and we look at other leather workers instead of outside of our our world yeah. and and to get ideas, it's changing. I, I see that changing, but for the most part, uh, you know, things like the circle has been the foundation forever, and and that's changing. But uh, somebody like that could really, really juice, you know, bring some new, new blood, some new thoughts, some new concepts into our world. Well, it's well, all yeah, on you I guys, have... right? You guys, you guys are the, yeah. the standard bearers, right? <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I think Damien is doing that in the engraving world too. What I see on his guns, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've seen anyplace else. It, it's, yeah. it, it, they fall into their traps too, no different than we do. And he's mm-hmm. extremely creative and, and away he goes. And, and it's his own drum beat, but it's a good one. It's a really good yeah. one, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, even like saddle makers, carry. I mean, you guys have kind of leaned more towards the engraving style of tooling more, I mean, the last, I don't know, 15 years, 10 years, it, it, or it looks that way to me anyhow. You know, you guys have taken some elements from gun engravers, all, you know, mm-hmm. and incorporated. Oh, yeah. So I think it's got a, it's got its place for sure in everything we do. I think art is art, no matter the discipline. You know, it's just, we can apply it wherever, really. But, well, well, go ahead, Gary. I'll just, I agree 100%. I I just think it's, uh, the principles of art are, they've been around a long, long time. But uh, what I'd really like to hear from some of those gun engravers is, how how they're studying the lines of the of the field that they're trying to fill uh, of what are, those lines are telling them something, and uh, be interesting to hear what they have to say about some of those how those lines give them guidance as to what might look good in that space, and uh, that's a conversation I said it before. I'm I'm trying to start a conversation among the leather workers anyway to start studying that stuff and and the answers are not they're not pat answers and i think that's that's one of the, you have to reach for you have to study it it's a lifetime thing and uh, so you don't it's not a you know a circle just is so easy that you can't hardly go wrong but it but also gets a little stayed after a while right well everybody does it you know, it's the easiest yeah. way. So that's easy. the path of least resistance, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's accepted too, right. If the marketplace is accepting of that and you and you just get stuck behind the dollar and, and, uh, right. um, producing, then, then there you go. That's good enough. And that, that was what was fun about Damien. Good enough was not part of his vocabulary ever. So, uh, that creates a level of accountability and, and his customer base, evidently um, some of them are the exact same way. They're extremely knowledgeable and extremely picky and uh, they force him to do some things. That's pretty dang crazy. But I, I, I think he could go on a long time carry about, about the, like, remember the shotgun he talked about Troy, that was just ugly. He said, I had to engrave a shotgun and it was just plain yeah. ugly. And it had, it had plenty of metal on top of it. So I just went ahead and ground all that off. Yeah, Yeah, he he reshaped uh, reshaped the receiver of the shotgun up, which that boggled my mind. I mean, you know, we what Willie and I do, we grind and belt sand and file and whatever, but I just can't imagine doing it on a getting a twenty or thirty thousand dollar shotgun and start filing (laughs) on it. You know, I just (laughs) I don't like this. It's coming off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's what he said. 
I, it was cool, but again, it still scared the water out of me. I was like, I don't mind grinding on my own stuff, but to take a shotgun like that and just go to carving. And I thought, man, I didn't, can you do that? But evidently he can. It's yeah, pretty cool. not a not a Remington 870 either. I mean, like a Holland and Holland or maybe a Purdy and Sons or something. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a Remington 870. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it was a Purdy or a Holland and Holland either, but oh well, okay. That well, would be a real good story. It was the one he did the owls on. Oh wow, was it? Yeah, that, that yeah. was that shotgun. Wow. So you need to look it up, Schwartzy, the and look on his Instagram account or whatever. But um, it's the owl. The owl shotgun is an incredible piece of artwork for sure. Oh, yeah, look at that! He said that lady waited. That lady waited nine years for it or something. Yeah, that's crazy. The yeah. last, um, the last pistol. Well, the last pistol that Winston Churchill was a part of. Um, the last thing he engraved, Damien finished up for him. And between the two of them, they had nine thousand hours of labor in in the project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> mercy. Well, I mean, he, made, he of course he made, he made a a Turkish walnut case for it. And he took the chunk of Turkish walnut and cut it in half. So the top and bottom, when you opened it up, the grain matched when you closed it. And like he made these screwdrivers and a cleaning rod. And when I say he made screwdrivers, I mean, they were a piece of artwork in themselves. Oh yeah. That was crazy. And the inlaid steel. So the wood was inlaid in steel or, I don't think inlay is the right word. How would you say that, Troy? Is... Yeah, they, he inlaid the steel into the wood, and then there there was gold inlaid into the steel that he inlaid into the wood. <laughs> yeah. So figure that out. <laughs> and and the hinges, the hinges for the dang thing were, uh, I don't know how they were a machining marvel to me. And what he got finished with one of them, got finished with them, and one of them squeaked, so he just scrapped it and went all the way, just started all the way over. <laughs> I'm like, man, I you thought about a little oil, but <laughs> yeah, oil's relatively cheap. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, it, it was it it was just crazy what, what he what he did there, and and uh, and I guess the case was a uh, an afterthought onto the project, and he wasn't real he 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 wasn't ugly about it at all but he did he said he didn't he just broke even maybe didn't even break even on the case because it was one of those deals it's just i'm going to do the best job i can and i said i'd do it at this much and away he went yeah and it's so. it's a work of art all of its own i mean put the gun aside the case is worth i mean people work their whole life to be able to do something half that good and he's a I, gun engraver <laughs> I'll tell you something that's impressive to me is like, I just work with steel. Well, go ahead. Got a question for you. So you guys, of course I didn't, wasn't there, never met the guy, but first, first class out of the gate and you've described how, what a perfectionist he is. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so that's always fascinating to me. Uh, you know, some perfectionism, that's kind of a dirty word in our society to be a perfectionist, but, but, uh, right that perfectionism is carried differently by different people and uh, i suspect he's the kind that doesn't pack it around like a ball and chain like it's he's got this ongoing perpetual anxiety over over things not good enough what how did he come across that way is he he just matter of fact he took things as they were and if I need to throw this project away, I do, and we move on. It's all good. He sure didn't. It didn't seem like it was a burden to him, to me. I mean, it was just like it was just another tool in the toolbox. You know, it has to be perfect, and that's it. No big deal. You know? he, he did. He did comment though, Troy, about the lack of sleep. <clears throat> excuse me, the lack of sleep and. And some, right? The stress that, you know, like the stress of working on a gun and and it all being perfect. He he did stress over it. Now, as a person and just talking to him, he was fine. But but he did relate a lot about the stress of working on projects and and making sure that they're absolutely exactly the way he intended. 
Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no. yeah, you did. But that, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think it, I mean, I know it stresses him and bothers him, but I just think that that's just one of the symptoms of being, you know, in his mind, that's just one of the symptoms and it's okay. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. It, I, I'm not in his head. It, me neither, but he wasn't like me stressing about how we're going to pay the bills. We just <laughs> we just either did, paid them or didn't. We're going to do the job exactly the way it has to be done. That was right. kind of the way it looked to me. Right, right. So, great guy, incredible, yeah. incredible skill. A big, a big thank you to GRS too for putting that all together and and uh, what all they did. They they open up the red carpet for everybody. There, twenty four people two instructors and we hadn't even talked about the other class and what Jason Marishava was doing over there. It was incredible. Um, incredible yeah. what was going on next door in the, in a different classroom, but uh, GRS really, really puts out the red carpet and, and made us feel special and brought in a lot of people from around the world. Um, Ron Smith was there from Fort Worth. You remember Ron Smith, Carrie coming, yeah. mm-hmm. coming to our, so he he was there and and uh, there were just there were lots of different ones that big engravers Lee Griffith Scott Pilkington uh, lots of lots of big big time engravers in the engraving world were there so it was fun yeah. visiting and getting to know them yeah was, and uh, some of them brought some of their work you know uh, Lee Griffith brought a pretty cool Colt pistol and uh, so it was pretty neat to to meet all those guys and shake their hand and and uh, even get a little advice from them so that was great. It was. Yeah. It was great. So you you yeah. told me a week ago that, that you guys had to apply in order to get in the class. And uh, mm-hmm. so they capped it at 12. Any idea of how many people applied? 35. 35. Wow. Yeah, 35 applied. That's, yeah, 30. that's, and it was a kind of an, not anonymous, but like you would, you sent what, I think three, three photographs of your work. And they gave those photographs to Damien with no name attached. Like he didn't know who he was looking at. And he picked the 12 people he wanted from those photographs. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good way of doing it. Keeps the, I suspect it keeps the politics out of it. Yeah, it was, and who knows? I mean, it's just like a job interview with that application in that you didn't, I mean, it, there wasn't any information about you. It's just those three pictures were where it was all at. That was, that was the, that was the application. And so you sure wanted those pictures to be good. And, and uh, I think that was probably a part of it. Have, have those that no different in our fellowship, right? Carrie is, is when you have to take fellowship mm-hmm. applications, we got good pictures, good binder, what's going on. Well, then it's easy to pick those. So I think that had a big impact. Sure. Yeah. Good photographs of your work. I mean, just kind of elementary, really. For sure. We have somebody else, uh, Gary, we got a, we have an applicant we're talking to here, don't we? Oh, is that supposed to be for public knowledge? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Sorry, Troy. I, I threw you out there. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's fine. I, I got broad shoulders. It's all right. Win, lose, or draw. It's okay. So. You know what? And we and I. Yeah, I do apologize if you didn't want the world knowing that. But I am I excited. I'm excited about Troy applying to the TCA. Well, I'm a. I'm You've excited about it. Excited. Stressed. <laughs> All we can say is about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's some pressure for you. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's been a long ride. I mean, since I think I got my fellow, you guys gave me a fellowship in 16 or 17. And uh, I know it's been a while. I kind of had some, some uh, life getting away a little bit, but uh, we're on track and I'm excited to to try and be a part of it anyhow, see how it goes. But uh got one piece done and another piece partially done and and uh then I'll have to make a pair of spurs yet too, so we're on track. Five cool. five weeks, right? No big deal. Yeah, four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but who's counting? But who's counting? <laughs> who's counting? Yeah. Well, 
it's exciting and excited about excited about that week. Excited to see what you bring. For sure. Yeah, we need to get need some more bit and spur makers in there to kind of offset all these glue sniffers and rawhide. <laughs> rawhide gummers. Even things up a little bit or try to. Gummers. Yeah. Gummers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he learned that gummers. glue sniffer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't oh. tell him that, Carrie. I didn't. I didn't tell him I called y'all glue sniffers. He brought that up on his own. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, you need to tell us a little bit about your story. How how is it you wound up? You you were from Oklahoma, is that correct? And immigrated to the great state of well, uh, the Republic of Texas, or or is that coming home for you? Well, well, uh, I don't really have a typical western artist story um i actually was born in pennsylvania and i i graduated high school there uh my family were horse trainers performance horse trainers and uh so i grew up doing that riding mostly reining horses a few cutting horses and when i was probably 14 or 15 i started to rope kids and rodeo and uh <clears throat> when i was 18 i had a buddy that uh, rope calves really well. And his dad owned a trailer shop building aluminum horse trailers. I graduated high school and was working there that summer and living there. They had an apartment above their indoor and we'd, we'd work uh, Monday through Thursday and then go rodeo on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And one day he came into the shop and he's like, Hey, uh, would you want to move to Kansas and go to college? And, you know, I was just, I was just living life, you know, working, rodeoing, having a good time. And I was like, yeah, heck, I'll go to college. He said, I can get a scholarships at Fort Scott Community College. So uh, we loaded up and, and uh, moved to Kansas and had never went back. Matter of fact, he still lives there. Um, so, and I, uh, you know, moved around Kansas and worked on some ranches and rodeoed. And, and I always when I was in college, I took a welding class there at the school and there's a guy that had a, a weekend class. It was like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday class on bit making. And it was just very fundamental, um, very rudimentary, just how to make jigs and, you know, welding the bits up and grinding the welds off. And I took that three day class. I think it cost a hundred bucks and I just never quit with it. Like I, it was something I always did along with, riding horses, working on ranches, roping, whatever. I always just made a few bits and spurs here and there. And then uh, I was living in Oklahoma and not about an hour from the city. And uh, I think uh, Wilson and Russ and Ernie and John Ennis, they had a, a class there at the, at the uh, museum. So I took it and I was like, man, this you know, bits were always just something real utilitarian, you know, it's just something we used, but, and I would, you know, put a little silver on, do a little quote unquote engraving and initials, but that really opened my eyes to the art part of it and how, you know, it really struck a chord with me. So that's when I really started to uh, pursue it more than just a hobby or something to do. I thought I could get better at it and, and, you know, try and be the best or be great at it or, you know, be great at something. I, I never wanted to be mediocre at anything. So, you know, it's something I could do the rest of my life. And here we are, you know, 15 years later, probably, and I'm applying to the TCA. Mm -hmm. So it's all Ooh. Willie and Russ, Ernie's shot, uh, fault, I guess. <laughs> Not <mine>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of my story in a nutshell, anyhow. Uh, I, I had, I had a lot of, I had a lot of, a lot of fun. I mean, we had what, what was it, seven and a half hours from your house, Troy to Emporia. And so, and Troy oh, being okay. from that, living close to that part of the world, he lived not 30 miles from Emporia there for a while. And so yeah. we got to see a lot of the, a lot of the history and a lot of the ranch and talk a lot of cows. And I didn't know that about you, Troy, about trading cows and actually yeah. quote unquote cowboying for however long you know that was that was really interesting to hear yeah i, I leased a couple of ranches out there south two ranches that neighbored each other it was about 
I mean, it was 10 or 12,000 acres. It run maybe 400 cows. Did that for about 10 years and then sold out. We kind of droughted out and sold that and or sold those cows and moved to Oklahoma and was training horses full time along with, I was training horses full time and making bits full time, kind of the same deal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I moved to Texas about, I don't know, four years ago now and uh, bought a little place down here at Heiko and built a house and a shop and just, this all I do now for, well, I've probably been making business for 10 years full time for 10 years, but I've been here for about five, four, four or five. So but, I, I uh, won't. It's Great. not all. It's not all you do because you have a little hobby room that is also pretty cool. Oh, that yeah, can, yeah. It doesn't pay many bills, though. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I enjoy uh, long range F class shooting. Uh, I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's very detail oriented, so kind of strikes a chord with me. And I don't really care to hunt that much, but I've always loved to shoot. So it's kind of a good fit. But yeah, I think Wilson was more interested in my hobby room than my shop when he came. I've seen a <laughs> shop before. Did your hobby room have a wet bar? Well, no, you want to be pretty sober for that. <laughs> uh, firearms. Yeah, yeah. Loading ammo. BTAF or whatever show up. Bureau of Alcohol and Firearms. Yeah, yeah they can, you got it all there. One-stop shop, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, so that's, you know, my, my daughter lives with me, and she she has three or four horses here, and she barrel races and trains her own horses. So it's a... Uh, Life's pretty good right now. I'm I'm real happy and everything's great. So I love what I do. I'm very very blessed. Very blessed. But uh, I have a. Of course, I make a line of barrel racing bits too. That um, kind of been going for about ten years, and uh, that keeps us all pretty busy. Which I have some help doing that, which has helped me buy time to dedicate more to the art side of the bit and spur making. So, and I got, uh, Wilson to thank a lot for that, for pushing me to, you know, I used to do it all by myself and, and now I have some help, you know, Sam Gooding and his wife helped me with it. And it's afforded me to be able to spend more time on the, the art part of bit and spur making. Shout out to Sam and Kate. Yeah. Are probably going to listen. So, yeah yeah they were here this morning matter of fact we just had lunch a little bit ago so great great couple very helpful kate, to me kate's the one carrie that told me if i was if i if i would swing that hammer like a man i could probably move some metal you <laughs> <laughs> were not swinging the hammer like yeah. a man I thought I was. I thought I was wailing away on it. And Kate reminded or pointed out that I really didn't know what I was doing. So it's that was been good. Pretty sound advice, huh? Yeah. I've, <laughs> you know, again, I thought I was being perfect and a perfectionist showed up and said, let me show you what you're doing. <laughs> right. No, they're, uh, they're great people. They've been a huge help to me, a huge blessing to me for sure. But um, well, they are great. They are great people and are very, very talented at what they do. And, and uh, another uh, another example of of dedication and commitment to a skill set and taking it as yeah. far as you can. So they're fun to be Absolutely. around. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, Carrie, do you have any advice for a young guy or not so young guy applying to the TCA? Well, <clears throat> I would walk into your interview like you're already a member. Not what you want. Okay. What you have. That's a McConaughey right. deal. Advice his mom gave him, right, Willie? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, How did that go? Yeah, it's uh yeah, uh what is it? You don't you don't need them. Um uh, what oh, it, walk in like you own it, right? Isn't that the deal? What was it? Uh don't don't walk in exactly. there like like you want to buy it. Walk in like you already own it. Isn't that how? Yeah, it? there like you go. That. Oh, yeah, that's 
Good advice. Well, well, and, and uh, knowing your direction and, and um, knowing, you know, the TCA is at the end of the road or is it a stepping stone to get to where you want? And uh, right. that's advice to everybody. You know, if, if uh, me, I'm one of, I'm one of 12 members. And so I get my own little vote and that's the only one I get control of. But um, I'm going to tell you, like if, if an individual comes in as well, if I can just get to the TCA, I've made it man, the pressure just gets started in so many different ways. And I've said it a hundred different times on the podcast, but if it's a stepping stone to get to where you want, perfect. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a way for you to get better and a way for you to share back with the community and the industry, um, which will just help you get better. Uh, there you go, man. That, that's what it's about. Right. I, I will say like the thing that uh, concerns me most about if I am do become a member is the teaching part. Cause I've never, I've never felt like I was a good teacher with anything I've done. You know, I've always just kind of figured it out or, you know, I have, I mean, the last, the last five or so years I've had, you know, with the fellowship and some of the classes from you guys, I've been taught, but I've kind of hard headed where I want to try and figure it out on my own, which really makes it hard to teach someone, I think, and it, or it does to me anyway. So that that's well, one concern I have. If you figured out how to do it, that's all you have to do is just tell them how you did it. That's all the teaching is. Here, here's how I do it, and see how it works. Yeah, right. 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 You know, a, I'm reading this book. Willie, you've already listened to it. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't pronounce the guy's Hawaiian name or Japanese name or whatever. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> he talks in there about. I, I'm not. It, it's a financial book. Uh, so he he said, well, I'm, I'm not giving you advice. I'm just showing you an example. And uh, and that's what I found, too, is that uh, a lot of stuff that you have you have had rolling around in your head. If you were to ever write some of that stuff down, then it then it becomes something can people can look at it in black and white. And then you can start unpacking that in your own head. <clears throat> And uh, that's the way it's been with me. So once I'm able to kind of figure that stuff out so that it makes sense to somebody else, it damn sure ought to make sense to me. So, so it, it's, it's a teaching is a wonderful vehicle to improve our own work just by some of those dynamics that happen. Just right. Well, I, I believe too, Troy, that, that an individual that has had to struggle to, to figure something out can end up being a better teacher than those that just naturally came to them. Because I, I see so many talented people that that didn't struggle as hard as others. And they go, well, can't you understand it? Like it's very obvious to them that it's right there in front of them. And for those individuals that it's not obvious and you tried to figure out how to, how to see it, that the hard part to those individuals is how to articulate, which it is for all of us is how to articulate what it is that we see. But uh, right. I think individuals that struggle on, on different aspects have a lot to offer because man, you get the struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And that's important right. to share. Right. Right. And it's always been hard for me to learn in a classroom setting or reading a book. Like, I mean, like with, for exa- example, Damien's class, like, I liked it because he showed us how to do it and then we went and did it, you know, like that. I'm better just getting my hands dirty. I I don't do very good in theory. I want to, you know, and I I think coming home, I think I'll get it pretty quick, that sculpting deal, because I'm just more comfortable in my own shop and doing my doing, you know, doing it how Mm -hmm. I do, how he showed us, but, you know, interpreting in my way. And uh, so, I don't know. That, that That's just what's hard for me is learning, sitting in a class or reading a book. I, I don't do very good that way. No, the, the the different bench was hard to get around. Not hard to get. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's just not your own, man. It's just I didn't sleep right. real good while I was gone because I was in that weird bed, right, that we stayed in. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll blame it on the bed. There you go. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. It wasn't. The, the whiskey helped me sleep really good a couple of nights. I promise. Well, you, I didn't, well, you should didn't have move slept. Once. You should have had the best night's sleep you've ever had a few of those nights. 
<laughs> I had no problem sleeping, but getting up was a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I understand. I understand all too well. But anyhow. Uh, well, bringing that knowledge home and applying it to the world that we live in and, and uh, figuring out when to apply it is, well, in my part, is, is the hard part right now. And I, and I can't wait for TCA show next year, right? Um, I'm already, Kerry, fired up about what I'm going to draw for next year's show, and uh, we hadn't got this one done. So I, that doesn't mean I'm going to be early for the deadline, but I, I, <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope to be working on the – on the designs uh, fairly soon because there's some really cool things that, that could come from out yeah. of it. 25th anniversary, isn't it? Yep. 25 next year. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it would last that long, Kerry? You know, I, I just, it was just one step at a time. Um, <laughs> I, I really didn't, I didn't have any visions of any long-term deal. It just, it, but that's craftsmanship, right? It's just right. one day at a time. You can't get ahead of your three foot circle, as they say. You get you got to stay in your circle. You you just focus on the next step, and then the next step, and then the next step. It all sounds cliche, but that's really what it is. You know, I got to you back up just a step or two right there. You you talked about how you're able to better learn by doing. I think would be a way that. Mm-hmm. that that that's your learning style and stuff, which I think for right. the most part, we're all, we're all that way to a certain extent. I mean, that's how we learned when we were kids. You, that's how you walk. You learn to walk mm-hmm. by trying to walk. And, and, and uh, right. there's a saying I use every once in a while called, uh, and, and I didn't coin this term, but uh, it's, it's really relevant to uh, the work of our hands informs the work of our mind. And when you do something, you see your hand doing something, and it either works or it doesn't. Well, if it doesn't work, well, you you know you try a little something a little different. And when it works, okay, well, let's throw a stick on that fire. That's just uh, the work of your hands is like feeding information to your mind. Isn't that doesn't that make sense from your learning perspective, yeah, sure. your learning style? Sure, I had to touch the stove to see talk. The abstract and artic, you, you know, all of that, uh, <clears throat> our academic, all that kind of stuff is, it just kind of rolls around in your head till you actually get your hands on some metal and uh, start. And Jill, Jill talked about right. that in an earlier podcast we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It can be yeah. very. It can be very frustrating to get that uh, what's in the heart into the hands though. The hands are doing something totally different than what's inside and it, that sculpting is that way for me and that getting my mind wrapped around what my hands need to be doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, and I'm a slow learner on certain things. Yeah, That's me too. I'm... And that was, you know, we were in Damien's class, we were sculpting that steel and, you know, I was kind of, I was struggling with it. I couldn't make it go where I wanted it to go. And, uh, Willie, I don't know who had the idea, Willie, or I think Lee Griffith or somebody did said, go get some clay and mm. and sculpt the clay like just we took a piece of wood rod just like we would a, a steel punch on the steel on the steel and we one evening we sat around and sculpted some leaves out of clay and, and man it just it was like the light came on then you know then it's just getting muscle memory you know making it happen but but watching how it happens uh that was that really turned the light on for me so that was a a great little exercise we did. They didn't really know what Damien didn't really know what to think about us, Carrie, until we came with pictures of our, of our clay and leaves. And then we were all teacher's pets after that. We were the coolest in class. <laughs> <laughs> Which we knew, we knew that already, but. <laughs> well, we, exactly. We just hadn't proved it to him yet, you know, right, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. but right. it was, um, I mean, to Damien, I think Damien even said a little bit about it. And then Lee Griffith uh, that weekend said it. And so it took us, but it took us a week before we got the clay, but man, it made a difference. And it was, I, I would recommend that with, with your leather carving, you know, as you're, as you're undercutting and doing all the different things is you draw it on there and then you just go to mashing that stuff and it would work. I would assume very similar to your, to your leather. Um, 
it certainly worked that way with the steel sculpting it and all that business. It was yeah, it was, very it was a great exercise. It really helped me a lot. I need to go get some more clay and mess around with it. I, I think it's uh, like I say, it opened the door for me. Turned the light on anyhow. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the design elements to me that that probably is the single most uh, important design element to make a design interesting is the 3D. And that process with mm. the clay, that's 100%, right? And and yeah. that's what you look at any good work. I've, I've seen a few pictures of Damien's work and holy cow, 3D on steroids. I mean, the shading, the sculpting, all of that stuff really, really makes it compelling, right? So I can see where that clay yep. mm. uh, exercise would would help you visualize things in 3D. You can always tell I, when somebody's t- really turned a corner in their design. When they, when you start seeing things, you know that they got a three-dimensional mind. Their their wiring yeah. has gone from 2D to 3D. Yep. I'll tell you something that he did carry that, that was a cool tool was he takes a picture periodically of his work as he's working on it and if it and then he evaluates what that looks like and if the picture looks bad then he goes back and changes it whether it's real or not he evaluates off that picture he said 99% of the people that see my work only see it in pictures they'll never see the real thing so it has to look good in a photograph and and so he he and and we all know my dad has said this for years take a picture of it and turn it upside down and look at it and uh, you can tell proportions and all kinds of different things, but that's a that was a very interesting. Have you ever heard of doing that? Ever thought about doing that? I haven't. Uh, I, I do when I'm on paper. You know, I'll once in a while I'll turn it different ways, different directions, and stuff, and see if it works. What I need to do is to make it deliberate. You know, just mm-hmm. as a matter of practice, every time. I'm going to turn this around, turn it over and stuff before I actually get it into leather. Well, I, I just I just thought it was a cool concept to take our actual work and photograph it and say, yep. hey, that that light is striking this wrong here, so I need to change it and make it look better. I think I think that's in not the photograph deal, but the upside down deal. Isn't that uh, that book drawing on the right side of your brain in, a, in mm-hmm. that or like yeah, that, you draw yeah. You draw the negative space instead of drawing the object, and yep, or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of a pretty cool exercise, difficult exercise. But we kind of like, do that. We've done that in your engraving classes before, don't we, Willie? Like draw the background instead of the actual scroll, or the draw yeah. the negative space. Yeah, yeah, you fill it in. You know, yeah, yeah. Do it a lot of different ways that way. It just it just keeps the left side of the brain out of the design process because the left uh-huh. side says that is a nose and tightens you up if it doesn't look like a nose and the right says i don't care what that is i'm going to draw these lines so it teaches you how to look at the lines yeah i know there's like in so i do the long range shooting deal and sometimes i will i shoot left-handed sometimes i'll shoot right-handed because you have to it, it keeps you from developing bad habits because you have to think about what you're doing so much so you think about all the fundamentals correctly, like use my weak eye, use my, you know, my right finger and, and to pull the trigger. And it, it just makes you go through that mental checklist of the fundamentals because you don't have muscle memory shooting with your opposite hand and opposite eye. So I, I don't know if drawing would be a good exercise for that or not. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> Br- brushes his teeth with his left hand. Right, Gary? Me too. I, I shave, <laughs> brush my teeth, eat. I try to do as many things with my left hand, and I have been very right-handed in the past, but for all the same reasons you're just talking about, Troy. I think it just right. expands your mind. It makes it just works your your brain in a way that, that, that helps you see things differently and better. And, and keeps from forming bad habits. Yep. Like if you have to mentally think about each step, you don't form those bad habits as 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 easily, I guess, or whatever. But uh, it's, a, it's another yeah, I see mindfulness. It. 
you're mindful. You're just, you, you're not yeah. an autopilot. You're present. Right. Right. So are you, are you two going to step up and take the blame when it says Wilson Capron bitten spur maker puts out left eye because he was brushing his teeth with his left hand. <laughs> we'll take full responsibility. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a beard, so we don't, yeah, we'll, we'll you're take... not going to show up with a whole bunch of slaughter cuts on your face. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> But well, that was a fun time, Schwartz. You got anything fun and exciting? You you taught a class last week, didn't you? Yeah, I had three people or two people. I had uh, an ICA, Idaho Commission on the Arts student here, and a guy I've known for a little while, and he wrote a grant, and we put it together. And he'll be back again, not sure when. And then Brian Seifert, um, handy, handy saddle maker here. He wanted to learn a little bit about casework, so we all three built a briefcase, and and uh, man, I I just had a blast with those guys. And now I got a briefcase of my own for the first time in my life. That's something I made. <laughs> so, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. So you work. Funny you say that, Carrie. The, the whole reason I started, or one of the reasons I started making bits and spurs was so i would always have cool handmade bits and spurs you know i don't have a single bit or pair of spurs of my own (laughs) funny funny how that works yeah yeah crap's too expensive you can't afford to keep it right yes i guess not but no which i don't have any use for it really anymore i haven't i haven't ridden a horse 10 times in the last year so i probably get get by without it just get the money instead. <laughs> you miss that horseback stuff? You know, uh, my back my back doesn't. Um, <laughs> you know, I, there's days I guess I do, but I'm pretty consumed with the bit and spur deal. And, you know, so I feel like I, I'm pretty consumed with that. So I don't really miss it all that much, to be honest with you. That's probably not the cowboy way or the cowboy answer, but that's the truth. Well, I get it. I get that too, Troy. I, I miss, I miss, I miss at certain times the, the competition, the rodeo, the rope and the camaraderie of some of that. But, um, but I not, I'm not sitting here thinking about it while I'm working on my bits and spurs. Cause I love my shop and I love what it is I'm doing. And, right. Um, you know, if I put it this way, if I was to go rope this afternoon, I would be really happy. Like it would be a extremely fun experience and I'd be glad I went and did it, but I'm not sitting here wishing I'd go do it because, because there's so much to do in the shop. I I guess I miss more, uh, I miss more the cowboying with my buddies, just like you said, like working calves Mm -hmm. or, or weaning or something and being around, you know, having a good dinner together, you know, after it's all good lunch, after it's all done. Like I'm, I miss that, but as far as wishing it would rain and how am I going to pay the interest and how much hay's costing this year? I don't miss any of those headaches, you know? No, but no. Yeah. I'm, oh, well. I'm with you, but yeah. I, I've studied up enough on <laughs> a lot of this, uh, horsemanship stuff. I, I, I play around with, with some of the, some of the stuff that I keep learning about from some of these clinicians and, and whatnot, I, I, I'd like to have a chance to, to thrash around with it more, but I, you can't, it, that's where a lot of people say, Oh, it's how much time do you miss spend a lot of time horseback? Cause I, I got all the language. I understand all the concepts and stuff, but huh, no, I don't ride very much. I wish I did, but. If you want to be the really, really right. good at something, you better get dialed in. You just got to get focused, and that's the bottom line. Absolutely. It's all about focus and what you're willing to give up to get there. Exactly. You know, there's always a trade-off. And, uh, you know, I could still buy me a little fat heel horse and go to the ropings around here. I mean, they're everywhere, but, man, I just don't – it just doesn't 
light my fire anymore. You know, it just doesn't get me excited. You know, that's one thing I love about the shooting deal. I was telling Willie, you know, you buy a horse and every six weeks you got to shoot, you got to have it injected. You got to throw hay at it every day. And you know, that rifle, I went to the grand masters deal for two weeks and I put my rifle in the case. And when I came home, it was right there waiting for me. I didn't have to feed it. I didn't have to bed it. <laughs> I mean, it was happy to see me. I think, you know, it didn't get wire cut, <laughs> didn't get wire cut or anything. So, uh, yeah. Well, whatever, whatever it is you're going to do, you better love it. If you're going to compete at it and, um, you know, that's the deal. Yeah. I, I told my daughter that one time I said, the worst advice I ever got, I think was from my dad. He told me to, go to school, get a job and, you know, pay your bills, retire early. And I was like, man, that's the, that's the worst advice I'd ever gotten. Like I would <laughs> never say that to my daughter. I was like, just go find something you love to do and figure out how to be great at it. And yep. you'll it, somehow it'll pay the bills or it'll, it'll just at least bring you joy. So that's my yeah. theory on life, I guess. There's probably sacrifice. There's probably, I think it's great. There's probably sacrifices to every, every decision you make and what is important to you. Um, we as custom makers probably sacrifice money, unfortunately, to be custom makers because price point and availability put our work in the minority, right? But, um, right. That, that's okay. I love doing what I do and, and, uh, I, I don't, it's not all about the money. Now, 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 now. I'm going to make as much money as I possibly can and maximize those efforts. But, but right. it, it is the, the, the mission is to be really as good as I can be at, at building custom one-off pieces as a bit and spur maker. That's my mission. And so, Hey, let's maximize those efforts for what it's worth. But that's the mission. You bet. You bet. Just do what makes you happy. You know, I mm -hmm. mean, money's great, but I, I know more unhappy millionaires and i do sad poor people i guess i don't know it just uh just, i told her just do what makes you happy and figure out how to be great at it and everything will be okay god will take care of it all that's the truth which i don't know if that's the soundest financial i don't know if dave ramsey would be on my team with that theory but <laughs> that's, how, that's how i feel about it <laughs> well Believe me, I've I'm, I've been on this uh, podcast for a while, uh, Troy. So you don't have any worry about saying something that's not intelligent first. I've already done. <laughs> I've already right. been reprimanded several times for saying stupid <laughs> things, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm trying right. not to say. I, I'm just not saying those stupid things anymore. It's all right. Right. And Willie and I talked about our on our long journey, you know, about the retirement deal and all that, and. You know, I just feel like retirement's something you do. You retire from something you don't love to do. And if I retired, I'd probably still make bits and spurs. So I don't have the best retirement plan other than I'm just going to keep working and doing what I love to do and uh, see how it goes, I guess. Put my faith in God and, and, and just keep doing what brings me joy. And I sure love what I'm doing right now. So I'm going to keep on keeping on. I, I shared my mission new with home, fairly new home and new shop and holy cow, that's uh that's a lot more than a lot of people have. Yeah, and it's I mean it's nothing fancy, but it's plenty good and good enough for me. So I, I, I shared my mission, Carrie, with, with Mike and, and with Mike Skinner and what what I'm trying to accomplish and trying to see what happens and you know what, we'll we'll do the best we can and see what happens, but I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm excited about my journey too with trying to create a retirement of some sort, but we'll see. We'll give her dog parts. That I didn't coin that term. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said that's a Scott Hardy term. Well, I think we all, regardless <laughs> of, of who we are, we need you need meaningful work. If you got meaningful work, there's yeah. joy, there's happiness, and stuff. If it's meaningful to you. Uh, boy, if you can check that box, you <laughs> you're you're way ahead of a lot of people right there. Yeah, agreed, agreed, hundred percent. But well, we wrap this deal up, Schwartzy. I got I got eight hours I got to put in today. 
That's right. You get you gotta, gotta go to work. get forty in. So we're a little late today, but I'll I'll hustle up and see if we can't get this thing up here yet this afternoon. And and uh, Troy, it's been a real pleasure to see you again. Of course, follow you on uh, on social media and stuff, and always like the things that I see on there and stuff. And, and uh, look forward yeah. to seeing you again. Likewise, and. I'll be there. I will be cool. there. And I appreciate you guys having me on here. I'm, I'm flattered that you'd want me on, but thank you. And <laughs> I look forward to seeing you guys here before long. I am. Um, I, might, I might have some beads of sweat popping when I, next time you see me, but. <laughs> you'll do fine. You'll do fine. You will do fine. I will leave you alone for the next 4.5 uh, weeks. Well, don't get far from your phone. I might need some advice. So leave it turned on. No, I'll leave it on. I'm here if you need me. Holler at me anytime you want, Troy. I'm. I don't know if I got the answer, but I can say I can offer up some suggestions. So, right on. If you if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. Right. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we don't say. I'm not going to say anything about my talking <laughs> <laughs> sounds good <laughs> be good be good everybody see you soon all right, all right. adios <laughs>